1: is a choice. This is battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius.
0: This podcast today is going to be on two separate topics. Well, they seem separate, but they're actually exactly the same thing. One, the absolutely stunning and completely glorious beatdown of Liz Cheney, thirty point defeat in the primary, and. The Mar-a-Lago Raid by the FBI. This would seem to be radically different stories, but they're actually the same story. One is happening because of the other. Liz Cheney's defeat is the last dying gasp of the horrible Bush dynasty. (laughs) Guess people didn't want a new world order built by globalists after all. Who knew? With the defeat of the Bush dynasty, the FBI is now having to interfere directly in elections to control their outcome. The Bushes did that for them before by vetting candidates, specifically Karl Rove, selecting and vetting candidates in the primaries. They don't have that anymore. So they have to do it themselves through raids and investigations. Look, I'll get to that in a minute. Let me get to the dying gas. <laughs> for no other reason, I just enjoy talking about it so much. Um, Liz Cheney's dad, the aptly named Dick Cheney, was the star of her campaign commercials. It hurt her pretty badly. Thirty points. But that's not the first time that's happened this year. It's the second. George P. Bush ran statewide in the Bush's adopted state of Texas. Before the Bush family moved to Texas to begin its dynasty as fake Republicans, they were Connecticut Democrats. They changed their address and their party affiliation because Texas at the time was going red. Since that first victory, Bush losing Texas has been unthinkable. But it happened earlier this year in May when George P. Bush, who even faked a love affair with Trump. Trump was having none of it, uh, but he faked a love affair with Trump. Yeah, P. Bush, he ran for attorney general statewide. He got waxed by 35 points by Ken Paxton, who walked away with 68 percent of the vote. Bottom line, the Bush dynasty is dead. That's caused a total level of desperation in our weaponized intelligence agencies. They've had to come out into the open and begin personally meddling in elections themselves instead of letting the Bush machine do it for them. See, for about a third of a century, there's been the Democrat Party and the controlled opposition. The Republican Party was the first party ever taken over and run by one of our intelligence agencies, specifically the CIA. Ah, come on, Tara. You say that's a conspiracy theory. The CIA running the Republican Party, playing kingmaker in the primaries, keeping freedom-loving Americans who aren't globalists from getting power? What's this? One of those overnight shows? No, it wasn't secret. It was out in the open. The Bush dynasty absolutely, totally, and completely controlled Republican primaries at the primary level. Deciding who to green light and who to red light for almost 30 years. They were an absolute dynasty. They had almost absolute power in the primaries and a total lock over the fundraising machine. And they were CIA. That's not some shadowy conspiracy. George H.W. Bush, the first one, before he held the presidency starting in 1989, he was ahead of the CIA. He shared their globalist view and outlook. And he and his acolytes, mainly Carl Rove, who answered to him, not George W, controlled who got to seek office and who ultimately made it into office in the Republican Party for three decades. The first time somebody explained this to me, I thought they were insane. I had lunch one time with somebody whose name you'd recognize if I could tell it to you. They were talking about how the CIA controlled and ran the Republican Party. And I thought they were nuts, and that the goal was to broom, freedom-loving Americans, generally conservatives, sometimes libertarians, out of the party to make sure they couldn't challenge the growing power of the security state. That sounded nuts the first time I was told that. Now, it makes perfect sense. This particular person was a conservative who came in during the Reagan wave when a lot of conservatives found their way into the fundraising apparatus of the Republican Party, into the party structure, um, into the government, all of that. They were completely purged and totally broomed after Reagan left office and George H.W. Bush took office. They've never really returned since. For years, Republicans have told tell of something Democrats have never experienced. You elect that guy, the one with a ton of money from I don't really know where, who ran those conservative commercials in the primary and totally drubbed the guy who was actually a conservative. Yep, then went to Washington and turned into one of them almost immediately upon going through his office door that wasn't an accident in fact politico came dangerously close several years ago to reporting what was actually going on they even put numbers to it carl rove had gone around the country and this had gone on for decades carl rove the kingmaker for george hw not w hw this has always been hw's baby george w was a less intelligent knockoff of his father Liberals got that part right. So, Kyle Rove would go around the country interfering in Republican primaries. Money that should have been spent defeating Democrats, an average of 200 dollars to $400,000 per primary, was dropped on open borders, globalist candidates. These were candidates who could be counted on when the time came. They could act like conservatives otherwise. Candidates who could be counted on when the time came to further the new world order. Not my words. George H.W. Bush's words in that now famous speech. But what's a new world order? We're getting to look at it more and more every day. It's a system where America is not sovereign, but part of a power block of Canada, America, Mexico and Central America. One economy, one currency and one all powerful supra world government with all powerful weaponized intelligence agencies course, since the CIA was now playing kingmaker in the GOP primaries. This is why, for the longest time, amnesty was all the rage. Who committed the first act of amnesty? You probably think Barack Obama, right? Conservatives, Republicans associate him with open borders, but they shouldn't. Democrats, Just did that because we taught them to, specifically the Bushes taught them to. No, the first illegal immigrant superhighway was actually open during the governorship of George George W. Bush. He barred border enforcement agents from state parks on the grounds that they might, you know, trample rare species. Well, with no enforcement, this Texas state parks that abutted the border became illegal immigrant superhighways with hundreds of thousands. Yes, you heard that right. Flowing through Now, at the time, think about how it was. There was no Breitbart. There was no conservative media, really. There was the National Review mailing people copies of stuff. And so when you heard the outrageous border numbers of the Obama era, and they were huge as Obama copied the Bushes and opened the border. They're all globalists. It's the same people. Um, they were always second record high. And you'd be, wow, there was a record high. Heart. Yeah, George W. Bush during his governorship and presidency. Absolutely, totally undermined it. Why? He was trying to erase the border. That's what NAFTA was about. A lot of people credit Clinton with NAFTA, but NAFTA wasn't his. The whole NAFTA bill that Clinton eventually signed into, you know, being started, was drafted and written under George H.W. Bush. The idea was to export our manufacturing mainly to Canada and Mexico as a part of building this Supra International Block of Canada Mexico and America and Central America. You probably associate the deep state with Barack Obama, too, but that's not where it came from. He merely inherited it from the Bushes. Again, the purpose of it has always been to broom freedom loving Americans, conservative Americans, but in particular, those who generally conservatives would object to the end of American sovereignty. Who do you think used the term deep state first? Where did it first appear? You'd probably guess no, some Republican talking about what Obama was doing. Nope. The first people to use it, in alarm, I might add, Washington Post. I know that because I went back and searched it on LexisNexis. It's a database of every article and television show transcript, news show transcript ever done. Washington Post used it in the early years of the Bush presidency repeatedly as they raised the alarm. The Patriot Act and the things that Bush was doing under the guise of got to protect the country, 9-11, you know, had dramatically expanded the security state. So much so that it terrified, correctly, the Washington Post newsroom. In those few years after 9-11 owing in part eventually to the Patriot Act, um, but also to the expansion of funding, the creation of Homeland Security Department, all of that. The numbers of people operating out of Washington who had classified security clearances jumped in just a few years by tens of thousands. And the Washington Post was rightly alarmed. The numbers of these people, this deep state, they were so huge, no Congress could possibly ever oversee them. The fear on the part of the people in the Post newsroom is that they would answer to the Republican Party, to the Bushes, which is, I, I think, what they intended. In the early years of the Bush presidency, a Fox News host wrote a wonderful but alarming book about how under George W. Bush, these agencies were already undergoing a purge. Only liberals, radical liberals, were being hired. That would make sense. You would want people, specifically, who were against freedom-loving Americans. And that's what they were hiring But the biggest single act of empowerment for terrorization and political persecution purposes came from Dick Cheney. He was the one who created, allowed the creation of the NSA spy system, which we would eventually learn from patriot and hero Edward Snowden, was illegally and still is today spying on every single innocent American, scooping up every text, every email. Every comment, every digital communication Americans make, and likely the ones they make over the phone, too. We've just never proved that part. It was a total surveillance, total spy system. And it was the end of dissent. Any Republican who might get up there and get a look at this system and decide that they don't want their children to live under a totalitarian system like this could easily be destroyed with it. And, folks, one of the seminal things that has happened that really missed the coverage that it should have gotten was the affair that Kevin McCarthy had. He was seeking the speakership. He's a Republican. Still there, by the way. Probably will be speaker if the Republicans take over. He was seeking the speakership, but having an affair on his wife with a Congress member named Renee Elmers. And some had decided that Kevin might not be completely solid. They didn't want him to have the speakership. So something crazy happened. Wasn't much noted by you or I and was barely covered, although it was covered somewhat. But it rang a huge bell on Capitol Hill. Somebody inside the Department of Homeland Security leaked the affair, leaked the proof of the affair. Kevin McCarthy had to step down and they ran deep state douchebag Paul Ryan. A Bush acolyte, if ever there was one, as Speaker, he would take over as Speaker, and he would do exactly what was required, assure the FBI and the Department of Justice that they didn't really need to comply with any of the thirty-six subpoenas. That honest Republicans, the handful that slept through that slipped through the Bush dragnet in the primaries, and you literally count them on one hand: John Ratcliffe, Jim Jordan, uh, David Nunes, people like that. That. Their subpoenas would never be complied with. In fact, when asked why they couldn't get the FBI and DOJ to comply with the 36 subpoenas uh, regarding which what we now know was fraud in the Russia hoax. um, Jim Jordan explained on Fox News that the reason that the FBI and the DOJ was able to gaff off those subpoenas is because Paul Ryan never asked them to comply. In other words, he let them slip through. The leadership of the GOP still does that today. That's why you had that Federalist headline that I read you on an earlier Battleground podcast about how shocking it was that the top three members of Republican leadership have never condemned the Trump Mar-a-Lago raid. Mitch McConnell hasn't condemned it. He's asked uh, for questions to be answered about it, but he did not condemn it. John Thune, uh, who is number three, hasn't said Jack. And Roy Blunt, number two in GOP leadership. and This is who Democrats look to to see how to behave. Not a word. Why? They're cool with it. That's how they greenlight this stuff. We would be living in a total dictatorship by now, as intended by these guys. And don't kid yourself. They're globalists. Had it not been for one person, and I'm sure you know who that is. That's Trump. Let me give you just one example of why Trump threatens them quickly. Um, Under Obama, the CIA had become so powerful, it disobeyed his order to not get involved on the ground in the war on Syria. In fact, the CIA trained al-Qaeda jihadists and jihadists associated with ISIS. They were actually ISIS jihadists um, in Jordan and carted them around. By the time the CIA was done with what the Obama people called the Arab Spring, they'd overthrown multiple governments. That's the ambition, for instance, of the CIA. It's become a supranational state, tied only to the U.S. by funding and not recognizably American. By the time they were done, they had overthrown the government of Egypt, of Libya, and were well on their way to conquering the Middle East. It's literally modern-day colonialism, except these are liberals. Trump announced he'd end all of that. It terrified them. And ultimately, he did. I'll never forget how the CIA and the State Department armed, trained, and grew a 40,000-strong caliphate between Syria and Iraq, and how Trump literally switched sides from where the CIA, the State Department under Obama had us, partnered with Vladimir Putin, and flattened their caliphate in just nine months. These are power plays by agencies who don't intend to be ruled by small hindrances, like Congress. And this is why they will do anything to take Trump out. That used to be pretty easy, because the Bush people controlled all the money in the primary. Donors were afraid to give to anybody else they might lose influence. Well, along came Trump with his cult of personality. And this is why you now see... The FBI, and yes, the CIA is right in there with them, uh, they're just not as noticeable. And most certainly the NSA using its powers of blackmail and now the very crude instrument of door kicking uh, to control who can win the primaries. They believe that if they can take out Trump, they can estor- restore a Bush-like presence on the Republican side and maintained control of the primaries, blocking out conservatives and continuing with their quest for, I don't know, massive territorial or world domination. Um, And most certainly the domination of the American people. I mean, these agencies intend to rule absolutely with an iron fist. And the only thing standing in their way is Trump and the people. He manages to get elected in primary. So this is why you see them coming out into the open for the first time. Um, They're not trusting the Bush dynasty to do their work for them quietly in the primaries. They're having to kick in doors now. But the credibility they have to do that is waning dramatically. You're not mistaken. They look desperate. Because they are. Remember how we haven't really seen any FBI whistleblowers? Everybody asks, where are the FBI whistleblowers? I mean, so much evidence of their crimes that we now have seen. And then all of a sudden, poof, right there, 14 whistleblowers announced this week um, who are coming out, um, you know, with evidence of the FBI's lawbreaking protection of Hunter Biden from prosecution, all of that stuff. And what has that been? Just the last few months? They've gone to Jim Jordan. They've gone to Senator Chuck Grassley. Why is that? Why all of a sudden we got 14? It's like a herd. There'll be more too. I mean, it's going to be a thundering herd. Why? Because they see the security state faltering. They see an opportunity. They are not as afraid as they were. Let me assure you, Liz Cheney's political decimation will not be felt deeper, wider, and with a greater sense of sadness anywhere, but inside the CIA and the FBI. It means conclusively and without a doubt, they've lost control of the Republican primary. And the only way to get it back is to decisively defeat Trump and to make sure that the McConnells and the McCarthys and the Blunts and the Thunes and the Scalises stay up top the party. But there's only really five that need to go to be toppled Before we totally take it back, if they seem desperate and terrified with these raids, it's because they are. How extensive has this been? Well, now the Democrats are having to cheat to win. The FBI is having to cover it up, and the FBI has now raided in the last year. Get this: eighteen members personally their homes of Trump Circle. On what grounds? I'm going to get into this more in a in the coming uh, battleground podcast. On what grounds? Well. They just raided Rudy Giuliani on the grounds of interfering with the election. They say he told lies about the theft of the election to benefit Donald Trump. That's not exactly illegal, but it doesn't matter. You can do whatever you want now in America if you can find the right liberal judge, and they did. They've raided his home twice. Look at the timing of this. headline. Rudy Giuliani, target of Georgia 2020 election criminal probe. This is incredible. He's the target. And you think, you know, election uh, criminal probe, wow, well, he, what did he, print a ballot or something? No, List, listen to how thin this is. This is from the New York Post. The report said there was uncontroverted evidence, that means they don't have any, that Giuliani communicated demonstrably false and misleading statements to courts, lawmakers, and the public at large in his capacity as lawyer for former President Donald J. Trump and the Trump campaign in connection with Trump's failed effort at re-election 2020. These false statements were made to improperly bolster respondents' narrative that due to widespread voter fraud, victory in the 2020 U.S. presidential election was stolen from his client. That's... Protected by the First Amendment. That's not a crime. It doesn't matter, though. You get the right liberal judge. They'll let you rate anyone you want. And that's what they're doing. Now, look at the timing of this. What does this do? Well, it's to break Giuliani and the other 17, because the probe is about all of them, financially, so that nobody anywhere will question anything in the future about re- election returns, as in the near future, like maybe even the midterms. Yeah, or they'll break you. Financially, It doesn't matter if they get convictions. They will break you financially. And if they try you in D.C. where the Democrat registration is 90%, they're going to get a conviction. It doesn't matter what the law is. It doesn't matter what they make up. And it doesn't matter what the evidence says. And they know it. But folks, remember, these are acts of desperation to stop Trump because they have lost their power.